I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Brendan Escott in for Reed tonight and tomorrow night here on Inside Sports. Dave Campbell on his way out to Ottawa in advance of the Elks and Red Blacks Friday, 5 o'clock kickoff. Got your countdown show at 3.30 here on 6.30 Chet. And to talk about uh, the first half of the season and moving forward here and trying to maybe flip the narrative around a bit is uh, elk safety scott hutter on the certainty hotline scott thanks for joining the show tonight you're on with brendan how's it going good how are you thanks for having me yeah the pleasure's all mine scott you're a third year safety now uh, with the elks and it's been an interesting few years when you think about covid and the like but uh, here you are in, in what's been a normal season uh, just sort of put me through what it's been like as you've entered uh, i guess the early phase of your cfl career i mean obviously it's a dream come true uh grew up playing sports as a as a little kid with the with the goal of being a professional athlete so i uh, love the city love being here um obviously like you said there's been a, a couple bumps in the road with with the, the whole pandemic year and then last year i uh missed missed a chunk of the season with a with a pcl injury but uh it's it's definitely a dream come true and i would wouldn't want to be anywhere else and it looks like, you know, you've gone from maybe more of a special teams talent to now working your way, especially in the early part of this season, into the starting lineup more and more often. Where have you seen the most growth in yourself as a player as that's been going along? I think it's just a, a little bit of comfort with the game. Um, you know, everyone at some point in their career is going to get a chance to uh, to step up in whatever role that the, the team needs them at whatever point. And... Uh, I'm just I'm just looking looking forward to each and every opportunity that that I'm allowed to have. Twenty six defensive tackles, three special teams tackles here this season for Elk safety Scott Hutter. Uh, how has it been adjusting to such a, a rotation of personnel, Scott? I imagine uh, with uh, with all of the new faces or guys returning from injury on the defensive side of the ball, it's been a bit tasking for you. Uh. I don't know. Like, like, like I said, every, everyone gets an opportunity uh, at some point, no matter where they are in life. And we, we're just trying to make the best of ours. Uh, it, it does, it does take a little bit to gel with some guys. And when you have different guys in and out of the lineup due to injuries and whatnot, uh, sometimes that can be a little tough, but we do, we try and do a really good job of, of bonding on and off the field. And, uh, and I think that, that, uh, that helps us wonder about the communication for yourself as as a safety in particular being sort of the guy that sees the entire defensive set like how how much more important is it for you to to be out there and talking and having that communication flow oh it's extremely important um i mean obviously we don't play offense and we don't have quarterbacks on defense but 
safety is kind of the, the quarterback of the defense in that sense where, you know, you, you have the best seat in the house. You see the entire field. You, you're right in the middle there. So it's, it's really your job to get everyone aligned and get the call to everybody and make any adjustments that you might need to. So, uh, But I, I've played safety uh, for as long as I've been playing football. So that's uh, that's part of the game that I really enjoy. And uh and it's, uh, it comes naturally to me. You're a 1997 birth year. I wonder what or, or maybe who at the pro level inspired you to play on the defensive side of the ball, or was it a was it a parent thing, or is there somebody in the NFL level you liked? Uh, you know what? I really enjoyed tackling. It, it, <laughs> uh, I played I played offense uh, at the high school level as well, um, but moving into university, I was. Uh, recruited more as a defender and I was okay with that because I enjoy the physical aspect of the game and I think on defense you get a little bit more of that than you do on the offensive side. We'll get to your Ontario roots in a, in a minute or two here but uh, the team right now two and seven on the season both of the wins coming on the road and you're heading into the front half of back-to-back games against Ottawa. Looking at the start of the game in particular on Friday as an opportunity to really set a tone against this Red Blacks team? I think you look at that every every week as uh, you got to come out of the gate fast. Um, you know, we like you said, we don't have uh, the record that we want to this year, but that, that's no excuse not to to keep preparing and keep doing our job. So uh, we're looking forward to trying to start fast on Friday night. Jalen Acklin, second in the CFL with 715 receiving yards. Uh, have you watched any extra film on him, just to the challenges that he and the, and the rest of the offense presents? I think I think we, uh, as, a, as a unit, have done a really good job on a short week here of, of preparing for, for all of Ottawa's players. Obviously, Jalen's having a, a fantastic start to his season. Um, but, you know, Ottawa has... A lot of really good players, and and we're doing we're doing our best to shut them all down. Elk safety Scott Hutter on the hotline right now. What do you think, Scott, is separating the Elks in your mind from uh, coming out on the right side of of some of these results? You, you seem like you guys have been close enough to win some of these games and just not quite being able to nudge it over the finish line. Yeah, and I think that's it right there. Uh, we just need to we just need to learn how to finish together as a group uh you know not not taking uh costly penalties not turning the ball over uh turning the ball over on defense and uh just do, just doing our job i think a full four quarters and we haven't done that enough uh this year so far can you talk about playing for chris jones this is your first go around with him at, at the helm i imagine so what is it what is it like having him sort of managing the tone of again a tougher season so far but helping the team still work toward week-to-week improvement yeah i mean uh we all we all have a lot of respect for coach jones obviously he's had success in this league and uh has won great cups in, in his previous stops and even here in edmonton before uh, so it, it definitely uh, definitely helps having a, a guy in, in the spot that has credibility, uh, the credibility of championship rings. Uh, obviously, that's where we're aspiring to get to, and, uh, and it's a pleasure to play for him. 
All right. Uh, London-born Scott and Wilfrid Laurier University grad. Is it special for you when you get the opportunity to go back to Ontario and, and play? I know it's not especially close when you play in Ottawa, but still to be out there and playing back east again? Oh, yeah. I love playing on the East Coast. Uh, my family uh, does, a, does a great job of, of making the road trips. You know, it's a, a six, seven hour drive from, from London and and mom and dad and the rest of the family are going to come out and watch the game. So I always get a lot of love when I, when I get back to Ontario. Uh, so I definitely circle those games on the calendar. Scott, it's been a lot of fun watching you fly up and down the field, and it's been good talking to you tonight as well. Good luck on Friday. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Elk safety Scott Hutter on the line there. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – Listen, he hits hard. We've seen Hunter force a fumble. Uh, it was a critical one. He had eight tackles in their win. Uh, actually, ten total tackles, eight defensive tackles, two more on special teams in their win out in Montreal on July 14th. So he's been in a more of a rotation with Deron Carter since Carter's been healthy, and that's why you're seeing, I guess, a little bit less of, of Hutter and... and um, you know, say la vie, that's all part of figuring out exactly what the right recipe is for this Elks team moving forward. And uh, I think a lot of it starts, for me, for my money, it starts with the run game. Because they're just not getting an opportunity to give the other team different looks. Like you're seeing too many times the Elks fall behind into these games and end up in a situation where, yeah, Taylor Cornelius is quite obviously going to end up throwing the football. They've got some great pass catchers on this team. You're going to hear from one of them in a few minutes. But uh, but ultimately, you got to have that balance. And they've shown, Antti Milanovic-Litre has shown, and Malik Irons has, has shown the ability when given the ball to be able to move it down the field with efficiency. So now when you've got a situation where they're actually calling the run plays, you're you're in. And when you've got even more of a situation where you're not getting behind in games and having to throw the ball, then you can really utilize that run game. So let's see if this is the week where the Elks right the ship. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better series against uh, in this year to turn your season around. The Ottawa is 1-7 and seven on the year. And no, they're not going to sit there in the Elks dressing room with this game circled on the calendar and say this is one that we've got in the bag. Again, I said off the top of the show, they really haven't earned anything like that. They haven't earned the right to think that way at all. But these are winnable games. They've been winnable when they've played Winnipeg. So you know they're winnable when you play a team like Ottawa this year. Gotta go take care of business. Friday, 5 o'clock on 6.30, Chad. I've got the countdown show starting at 3.30. We'll press pause here on Inside Sports. When we come back, Chris Osikusi, a football player and a lawyer. Interesting. Can't wait to hear that story. You'll like it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
heard from the assistant general manager of the Edmonton Oilers earlier on in the show, Brad Holland. A little bit of uh, inside hockey talk there as to why it's so darn quiet on the NHL front right now. Uh, And as I look across at a different brand of hockey, Canada is still up 5-3 on Switzerland. That game is through 40 minutes. But we're talking Edmonton Elks right now. We're in week 11 of the CFL season. It is a full-on rebuild with this football program. You know it. I know it. What I also know is this team's 2-3 and three on the road, and they're going to take on the only team in the CFL with a record worse than theirs. So if there is hope at all at the crossover wildcard position, for example, playoffs this year, it's probably going to have to make some hay because the sun, as you know, has been shining very much lately. It's about to continue in Ottawa. And then the reverse fixture next Saturday back at Commonwealth Stadium. So there you go. Uh, again, Chris Ozikusi, a receiver who started out this year, I believe, on the practice squad. He was running with the third group, not even the backups, and just sticking with it and he gets his opportunity. You heard a bit from Scott Hutter there about how that just kind of happens in the game of football. Osikusi taking advantage, you might say, of his downtime, what little of it he may have had during the COVID-19 pandemic. I caught up with him earlier today at practice about his pursuits on and off the football field. All right, so a couple of weeks for you in the starting lineup, Chris. Just talk about uh, how it's felt getting some run out there with uh, with the ones. Yeah, it's felt good, right? And that's kind of what you dream of growing up. You want to be a professional football player. Like, you want to be a starter. You want to try to impact the game as much as you can. So just being out there, getting my feet wet, it's been an enjoyable experience. But now it's just trying to uh, make a larger impact. Obviously a very veteran receiver room around you. What is it like trying to keep yourself engaged when a lot of the targets may be headed towards Kenny or Darrell, for example? I mean, that's part of the process, right? And, like, you can look at it that way in regards to not getting as many targets. For me, it's more of a learning experience, right? I'm blessed to have guys like D-Walk, Manny, Kenny in the room. Guys have been there, done that, who have done pretty much everything. So when I could uh, sit back and learn from them and they take a lot of the defense away and I can kind of just take what's given to me, I'm okay with that. Talk about learning from guys like Manny Arsenault. Anytime we hear him talk, he seems like he's just got so much to offer a young guy like yourself, him and Kenny and Darrell again. Yeah, no, and that's exactly it. Right? And you learn a lot from all three of them. Manny, you really learn how to be a professional, right? How to go about it, how to put your best foot forward. With Kenny, it's just the consistency, right? Like Kenny's a guy who every defense knows he's going to get the ball and he still manages to produce every week. And with D-Walk, D-Walk's a guy that's always in my ear, right? He's done everything. He's been there. So that's one of the, he's a great leader. He's been in my ear just trying to get me to be a better receiver. So again, being in a room like this, I couldn't ask for more. Talk about Taylor Cornelius and forming this relationship with him while he's getting you in and out of the huddle each week. Yeah, Taylor's been great, and I've been working with Taylor because I was started out with the with the three with the C team, right? So we've kind of been working our way up together. Even last year, uh, we'd be throw after practice, so we kind of have a bit of a feel for each other already, which has been great. And now it's just a matter of executing on the field and letting that letting the world see it. Uh, before we talk about your off-season or rather off-field activities, I do want to get a thought on Ottawa. Of course, you're from Brampton, so 
so I guess not too, too far away from there. But, you know, you're heading back out east, a place where you've won a couple of games, the only place where you guys have won the games this season. So this has got to be a big week for you, especially in the front half of a, a doubleheader. Yeah, exactly. And just like every week, our mindset really is the same, right? Try to try to go 1-0, and whether that's the east, west, the south, if they want it to be. Like, whoever it is, we just want to go 1-0. and So, yeah, it's going to be definitely going to be a big week. We kind of want to right the ship a little bit, get back on track. But, yeah, being out east, of course, we've had success there. So definitely looking forward to the opportunity. All right. So you officially graduated law school over the course of this season. Is that correct, over the bye week? Yeah. So I graduated before this season okay. started, yeah. So go, um, my, I just finished my third year, yeah. So talk to me about working that in as, as with a schedule as a football player. I'm sure most people would agree, like, that's that's a full-time job enough. I can only imagine what you went through to pursue all of this. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely <laughs> tough, but I think – for me, I just had two passions, right? Like, I definitely have a passion for football. I definitely have a passion for the law. So um, just after practices and things like that, I would find time to get in my books a little bit, make sure I'm ready to get for an exam and things like that. And it happened to work out timing-wise, whether it was, like, the COVID season or the exam period being after the season. So it worked out timing-wise, but, again, just kind of, like, staying on top of it, being in lectures after. It kind of brought me back to university, right, being a student athlete and whatnot, but uh, managed to make it work. So what uh, what prompted the the passion for the legal field? Um, to be honest, it goes back a while ago. I remember um, I was doing an extra. I went to Queen's University. There was an extracurricular called Queen's Model Parliament, and I remember we actually went to Ottawa. But we were members of the House of Commons, and we actually like sat in the House of Commons and acted like we were MPs. And I think from that moment on, I just saw myself in a different light in terms of what I could do after football, right? And I kind of started preparing for that maybe a little bit earlier than some other guys. And I think as I figured out different passions for things, that was just one of the uh, experiences for me that I thought, okay, maybe I can go to law school. And I don't know if I want to be an MP necessarily, (laughs) but I do know that law was definitely a a good path to give me some options to go and moving forward. So did you ever find yourself in a position where you were deciding whether to study the playbook or the textbook? (laughs) No, fortunately, no. I've been pretty good with uh, time management and managing my time. And I think it's kind of like... um, 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 marginal utility, the law of diminishing return. You can really can only study something for so long until you start losing some of that information. So for me, like once I feel good in the playbook, then I'll tap into the law textbook. Once I feel good in the law, then I'll tap into a playbook. So it's been a bit of a balancing act, but trying to make it work. If you can tell me a couple of things you think will help right the ship here for the Edmonton Elks as you've entered the second half of the season now, what what do you see? I think simply we just got to execute, right? I think we got all the pieces. We've got a bunch of talent, and we can put our roster up with any roster in the league, and I think we, we, we're happy with that. I think it's just a matter of execution. Offense, we've got to do a, do a better job of executing the red zone, putting more points up, and we just got to be a little bit more disciplined, right? Penalties will kill you in this game. It's hard enough to beat other teams, so the last thing you want to do is beat yourself. So we got to clean that up a little bit, and I think we'll be all right. Chris Osikusi, receiver with the uh, Edmonton Elks. Again, getting a little bit more run. May not have heard of him, and easy to fall out of the uh, out of the spotlight when you've got the likes of Kenny Lawler, Manny Arsenault, and Darrell Walker in town. But uh, a very interesting story there in terms of pursuing that that legal degree. Gotta hand it to him. That's a lot of studying between again the playbook and and the textbook over the course of that. I can't even fathom. I can't even read magazines to get ready for shows like these sometimes. I mean, it's <laughs> a tip of the cap coming from here. Uh, Malik Irons is an interesting one here for me. I mean, this is a guy that he's a Canadian running back. He played with Nathan Rourke at the Ohio University. He was a Bobcat there. 
He's been running alongside Antti Milanovic Litre as we try and get this running game going for the Elks. He's enjoyed his time as part of a rotation. Maybe another one of these young Canadians who could make an impact in the second half of the season. Making an impact on the Canadian basketball scene? Commissioner Mike Morreale will tell you exactly what the CEBL has been doing to elevate that game in our country. When we come back after a global news weather traffic update, Thomas Dias.